Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Johanna Warren. Hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, it's going pretty well. How are you doing? Doing all right. Just, you know, a Sunday afternoon here in my hot third floor apartment. (laughs) Are you Uh, in New York? Chicago. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And you're in Wales right now? I am. I see some plants in the background. I love that. I've gotten very into plants uh, during the quarantine. It's been a it's been a new thing that I've been doing. So yes, Al- always admiring people's greenery, especially being stuck in the apartment a lot. Yes, we need them. Mm-hmm. Have you acquired new houseplant friends? Um, I've gotten a lot from from other friends. One of my friends uh, gave me this little mother of thousands baby it's like I think a type of succulent that like grows its little babies all around the edge of it of its leaves so you can just pull off the babies and repot them so I've been doing that to a lot of them and just sort of giving them to friends because it really does make a ton of them that's amazing yes the gift that keeps on giving I had Mm -hmm. an aloe plant for a while that would just yeah pop off like a whole new litter of pups every couple months and yeah it felt so nice to be able to just spread the love but we aren't here to talk about plants we're here to talk (laughs) about music (laughs) well you know we could i could turn this into just a plant podcast but i'm afraid i don't have enough knowledge to actually successfully do that Um, but i do know a thing or two about bad songs (laughs) at this point that Um, makes two of us (laughs) mm -hmm. uh when did you first start songwriting um it definitely came with me into this world like I there are home videos of me just in a pre-verbal developmental stage just running around naked just like ah (laughs) (laughs) demented baby voice just singing before words made sense um and then I I definitely had some fantasy bands as a young child like my brother and I had a fantasy duo named Horsey and Joe. He was Horsey and I was his male owner, Joe with an E, um, who was sort of a John Arbuckle-esque um, <laughs> gentleman, sort of like clueless with um, the women he was trying to date. And we had a country band and I <laughs> was the songwriter. And I still remember a couple of those ditties, but sadly there were no recordings that I could dig up for this event. Yeah, that's the hard thing with with those really old ones. You know, you're not. It's not like you have any sophisticated recording system. I definitely the first songs I wrote weren't even with an instrument or anything. It was just like singing stuff into like a little portable like tape cassette recorder like in my closet. And I d- I don't have any of those. I don't know mm. what happened to those, but it's too bad. It is. <laughs> I would love to listen back. Yeah, and like make some kind of sound collage or weave them mm-hmm. into an album or something. Um, so what was the first instrument you started playing? Uh, I took a couple piano lessons when I was really little, but it didn't stick. I was terrible at reading music and I had no desire to learn. And that's like the teacher that I was with who just was really pushing that. And I, I had a good ear, but it was completely hopeless when it came to reading so he he busted me one time like I would cheat and like learn a song by ear um (laughs) me too yeah oh man yeah and he he busted me one day because he he like was like okay we're gonna play Ode to Joy and then he switched out the sheet music and put something else in front of me and I just played Ode to Joy as I had learned it by ear 
rumbled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would I would have my I I took piano. I started piano lessons at like five, and I took them until the start of high school. But I would have like my piano teacher play the piece to me, and then I would just try to play it back by ear <laughs> instead of like actually like I would halfway read the sheet music. I I don't know. I guess it's never really interested me. Yeah, I just wanted to do it by feel. Yeah, I feel like it's just not the kind of brain that I have. Like it feels, uh, it's amazing to me that we have devised this system of language for music that is universal and so um, effective in communicating. But yeah, for me, it's just, especially like bass clef, I just, I can sit and painstakingly write out all the corresponding letters, but it's just, it does not come quickly or easily to my brain. So yeah, I'm, I, I can definitely figure out, even classical music, I could like figure something out more quickly by listening than trying to read. Yeah, yeah. People whose brains work like that, who can sit down and just play a piece of sheet music, it just like it's like a magic trick to me. I don't, I, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Isn't it cool how like something that so many people do, there are so many different ways to go about it. It's almost like there, everyone is looking at the same thing from a slightly different angle. And it's like, whoa, we're having this shared experience, especially playing in a band or something. It's like we're having this shared experience, but from such completely different perspectives. Yeah, it's mind-blowing that it works at all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so when did you first start like playing music out? Playing in the shows? world. Mm-hmm. I did musical theater in... <laughs> the knowing nod. Yes, <laughs> so did I. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that counts. That that was my young life was just drama school and um, yeah. But then I guess in high school I started writing songs and performing it. We had a, a really cool open mic night at my high school mm-hmm. where there were a lot of a lot of people like an impressive number of people at my high school that were playing in bands and some people writing songs yeah it was actually really cool so yeah that was that was when I first started like tiptoeing into the realm of like performing things that I had written well you have a few tracks to share with us today I sure do so why don't we start with the first one here called Bruce Willis Uh, Mm -hmm. do you want to talk about that a little bit before we give it a listen Oh, I just, like, this assignment of digging up these old treasures has just, I don't know, listening back to these things, I was flooded with this feeling of just awe that I stuck with it, you know? Like, listening back, I'm like, oh my god, there, like, if I did something like that now, like, if there was an equivalent of just, like, starting something new and that's what I Mm -hmm. came up with, I would not probably encourage myself to stick with that thing you know it's like oh wow (laughs) I'm so glad that I had like the lack of self-awareness or maybe just the currency of youth on my side to just not have to care and have people actually telling me I was good at something you know but yeah listening back I'm like wow (laughs) so yeah let's let's hear it Bruce Willis (laughs) all right probably my attempt at like coming up with an Elliot Smith guitar part but having to play two parts to get even close to something he could do with one hand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> How did you record this? Garage band, built-in microphone. Oh on yeah, a terrible laptop. <laughs> I am a robot programmed to self-destruct. If my life was a city, I leveled it with lasers. So did you release that song? Was that part of a on an album? MySpace? I sure did. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah. Were you just putting music out under your own name or did you have a different project name or it was called Stick Lips, which was my solo high school MySpace moniker, and then that mm. morphed into a band when I went to college and met some musical friends. We, it um, yeah evolved into like a more serious thing, but for a while, Sticklips was just sort of my pseudonym on the internet for putting out music that I'm so glad was never released in a more legit way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I appreciate an unbreakable uh, tribute. I appreciate a Bruce Bruce Willis <laughs> little, little M Night Shyamalan oh, yeah. reference. Just oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great movie. It really it's a good is. one. It is. Yeah, one of his better ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one here, Bumblebees. Is there anything you want to say about that before we before we give it a listen? Oh, uh, I don't know. I yeah. Let's just do it. I don't even remember what this is. <laughs>
And that's all it takes. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a so song. sweet. That feels, yeah, that feels like such a sweet, like, younger song. Yeah. <laughs> well, I came up with three notes that sound uh-huh. good together. That's all I need. <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes that's it. It's Just true. it. You got to run with that. Just record that. <laughs> yeah, so you have one more here for us to listen to called Grumble Nanny. Saving the best for last. Great. Anything you want to say about this before you listen? Yeah. Yeah, so in high school... (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) um, I had one friend in high school. Her name was Frances. Um, Yeah, it was beautiful. We just... We had so much fun. Just... um, We, like, wrote a lot of plays together and experimented with drugs and alcohol. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. um, had this amazing musical kinship where... We just, we wrote some songs that were more, um, uh, serious towards the end of high school, but we really started out by just writing comedy songs and just like getting so silly and eating sugary cereals and just singing songs about giant beavers and like the Loch Ness Monster's vagina and (laughs) (laughs) lost chickens and it was a blast. And so, yeah, this, this song... Grumble Nanny. I can't for the life of me remember where this emerged from and neither can she. But um, yeah, Frances Chang, her current musical project is called Plutonus. P-L-U-T-O. You know her? I, yeah. What? <laughs> uh, I, I, played a show, I played a show with her in, um, in New York. What? Uh, in this last December. Yeah. Really great. So I great. Mean, you should you should go check out Plutonus because that it's is that's excellent good music. Well, you should have her on your show and she can play some more. Um. I'll reach out. I'll reach out. Yeah, that's <laughs> incredible. It's a small world. It really is. That's so amazing. Yeah, her name is Frances Chang and my name is Johanna Warren. So our like celebrity couple name was Jofrana Wang. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. So coming at you, uh, Jofrana Slappy Wang um, with great. Grumble Danny. <laughs> Great. <laughs> paddle, paddle, paddle is the grumble nanny sound. Grumble, grumble, grumble as she digs into the ground. Pookie, 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 that's her sliding on her butt. Wallace, 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 Poop Wallace. absolutely sounds like a sort of like sugar-fueled like <laughs> high school friendship yes. delirium thing <laughs> I know who are you And from whence did you come? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> wow. Definitely the work I'm proudest of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like really you peaked then, and it's all been downhill from there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. We did, you know, we had like an epic... Um, scope of vision you know all all our songs are pretty um, 
sprawling journeys. <laughs> did you did you perform them out together? Or? We did. Yeah, we our our hit. I would probably have to say was the continuing story of Edwin Slappy Jones, um, the the epic saga of how we survived an apocalyptic flood in the Loch Ness monster's vagina. And right. that we we performed that in like matching yellow rain slickers and rain boots and umbrellas. Great. I love a costume. Yeah. For a performance. You got to consider all aspects of the mm-hmm. experience, you know. We wanted Absolutely. to create an immersive theatrical therapeutic environment for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> How would you say that your songwriting process has changed over the years, if at all? <laughs> you know, I've, this quarantine time has been such an important moment to reflect on that question because the sad truth is starting to do it professionally and like entering into this capitalism-fueled cycle of creating so that I could sustain myself and like feed this machine it has taken me away from that original joy you know like listening to that song just now all of those even the ones you know it's all kind of silly but it was so free and there was no pressure on it you know and um while I think obviously I've gained some technical ability over the years and like learned about the craft of composing a piece of music, there has been a loss of that original joy and freedom and like just the just the fun of creating for creation's sake and not because I'm a professional songwriter and I'm supposed to be good at this, you know? Like I it's been I've been taking a big pause from music um since all my touring was canceled and everything. Yeah. And it's been like a real valuable moment to sit back and reflect and be like, oh, why do I not want to touch my guitar? You know, like I'm in a room right now with nothing but me and musical instruments. And there's like this real um, aversion and resistance. And it's like, oh, maybe because I haven't been enjoying it for years <laughs> because I made it my job. Oops. I mean, that that's like the tough thing, right, to like balance with that. You know, I didn't go, I don't know how I had like the foresight to do that, but I didn't, I didn't go to college for music because, you know, when I, when I was looking at colleges, um, I went for creative writing. I also, mm-hmm. I also do that, but I was like, you know, I just don't want it to be my homework. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that same sense, it's like, it, I think it's just tough when it turns into a job or when you're having to think about like, business things and practical things alongside of this thing which like inherently is like and you know an expression of joy or silliness or like your soul it's like inherently not like a thing of practicality you know mm. <laughs> like I've, I've been talking to my friend a lot who has been he's in the midst of like finishing his dissertation for his PhD and he's like mm. oh why am I not fast enough like why am I so slow like you know am I stupid all these things and I'm like well no like what you're trying to do is write this thing that's really important to you that's like a big piece of writing but like you're it has to still be like fit into like the capitalist standards and have a deadline and stuff like that like in a perfect world like we would just have all the time we needed to do these things you know Mm. there wouldn't be like the endless like album cycle there wouldn't be put out an album and you already have to start working on the new one there Mm. wouldn't be that whole thing so yeah yeah. 
while you're driving yourself around the world, being in a different city every night, performing the songs that you probably wrote like four years ago. But uh, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's insane. But um, yeah, but I feel, I feel like this opportunity to speak with you and share these um, songs has come at a really opportune time for me, like tying in with that larger cycle of reflection of like, why did I start doing this? Oh yeah. Because it made me happy yeah and it was just what I wanted to do for fun and then like whoa 10 years later it's this chain around my neck you know and it's like wow that I did that to myself but also it's like just a systemic issue that we should not have to find ourselves in these binds it can it can be hard to feel hopeful (laughs) uh lately about things but I do think that like this is a moment in time where there is the opportunity for change you know like Mm -hmm. generally but also specifically in the music industry and Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that there can be some some ways in which that that can shift so that somebody doesn't have to like work their ass off touring to like even scrape by you know Mm -hmm. yeah because the the music will be better for it too if we can figure that shit out it's like this paul simon lyric the music suffers the music business thrives you know um well what are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been liking i have been listening to a lot of paul simon actually that um specifically the rhythm of the saints which i feel I've I've always loved, um, but for some reason it's just come back around just in the last week or two, and it's been completely taking over my brain. And I just I want to make a record like that. It's just like just the yeah. oh my god, it's so lush. Yeah, kind of a review. It seems looking at my recently played songs, it's like Harry Nilsson, Modest Mouse, like a lot of things that I've been that I felt like I thoroughly digested like 10, 15 years ago, but Mm -hmm. then it's come back around and it's like hearing it for the first time because of the ways that my brain has changed just with time and um, having immersed myself in music in the ways that I have. It's like all these these things that were really formative to my young brain now just Mm -hmm. sound completely different after having made records, you know, like just what you pay attention to yeah like that that Paul Simon record I remember listening to it for the first time and it just felt like magic and just this Uh like synesthetic experience of just colors and lights and and it still does of course but then there's also this new hunger in me to um, parse out like how did they do this like were they all in one room was this a field recording um is this guy in an iso booth like yeah what kind of mic were they using like you know just and that actually makes it more exciting like I think for a while I felt like sad about that about like oh man I wish I could just listen to music in the pure way that I used to but now I feel like it's kind of come back in this like hybridized highest form of intrigue where it's the magic is back but I'm also really excited to analyze it yeah absolutely I think I feel that way about listening to like some Fleetwood Mac songs especially Mm. the ones where they're like really recorded crazily like that song the ledge or whatever they're just some of it where it's like you know they were like taping microphones to the floor Mm. and like turning dials by like you know 90 degrees and stuff like that I'm like that's that's so interesting to me you know that's Mm. so cool yeah (laughs) What have you been listening to lately? I have, yesterday I was listening to a lot of Curtis Mayfield. Um, Mm. Julian Fader posted this 
thread on Twitter and was like, what is the driest vocal in the history of music recording? And so a lot of people were posting um, different tracks with like really dry vocals, which I appreciate, you know, Mm. like sometimes things can get like, I'm I'm not against a good reverb or delay. Don't get me wrong. But like, I am really interested, I think, especially lately in like a very dry vocal sound and like Mm -hmm. how that can like really uh change change a song or Mm -hmm. or be a be an interesting way to look at things so i was listening to what's the song when seasons change Mm. um it's like nice some it was like 88 degrees yesterday and sunny and i was walking around uh listening to that amazing so that's that's been that's been a big thing and then also the new dead album flowers of devotion Mm. uh it's real good low melda's single wonder i don't know any of those so i'm gonna i have a nice little list now i've been pretty like podcast focused lately been doing yeah. a lot of podcast listening i think i go through phases of like listening to a lot more music and then a lot more podcasts so i feel like i've yeah. been doing a lot of chores lately so i've been doing a lot of podcasts while doing chores yeah same yeah, I think I'm kind of still in this mode. Like when uh, having toured so extensively in the last decade, I've felt like when I'm not in a venue, I need to not be listening to music. And I'm still like, I'm kind of just coming back out of that and like remembering that it's fun to dance and put on music when you wake up in a good mood. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm in, I feel like I'm in rehab. Like, post-tour rehab remember how much you used to love this thing (laughs) before it hurt you (laughs) yeah Mm. well you know well well obviously like the pandemic and everything is not great it is you know that's good that you've had like some time and space to like feel that (laughs) definitely it's like time out yeah go to your room think about what you've done (laughs) yeah (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. You can find Johanna Warren's music on the internet everywhere you find music. And you can find us on Instagram at Bad Songwriter and on Twitter at Bad underscore Songwriter. If you are somebody who has material for the podcast and you're interested in being on, you can email me at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could rate, review, subscribe, follow, share it with a friend, share it on social media. It really helps us out. Thanks. Have a good week. Bye. In my garden, when my spirits told me they could feel my heart was hardened Would you call God? I call the mysteries of the universe What difference does it really make after all? If we had another chance to do it right I'd give it all I have had Just like I did before when you left me with nothing at all